hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. And, of course, still a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Very glad to be a part of that. Dylan and Kyle, thank you so much for having me on board. As, unfortunately, uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network and the Basketball Podcast Network have, unfortunately, ceased operations. So Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia have moved to Anchor or Spotify for podcasters. So just letting you know, those are two uh, shows that you may have heard of if you've uh, been a regular listener to the show. This one, of course, is remaining on the Hockey Podcast Network. It was the strongest of the three, of course. It's kind of what it is. Um, and still doing really well. Uh, really happy to be a part of it, actually. And if I'm <laughs> if I'm going to be a part of only one of them, it's definitely the Hockey Podcast Network. So very happy to be a part of that still. And it's awesome feeling. So it is what it is. The Minnesota Wild, it is what it is there. Unfortunately, only getting one out of four possible points. Not the best week. The Vegas Golden Knights have crowned the Minnesota Wild, unfortunately, this season. They swept them, uh, though the Wild squeaking out, I believe, two out of a possible, like, six to eight points during the course of the series. Four to one loss on Saturday. Ugh, what the heck? And then a four to three, you know, overtime loss against Vegas. The Wild had that one and coughed it up. And then you get a three-way tie. Atop the division with the central division standings, Colorado 98, Dallas 98, Minnesota 98. Okay. New soundbite. Yep, you're going to have a few new Blades of Steel soundbites on this one. I'm probably going to do a game review on that one at some point. It's like definitely on the docket for video game flashback, but we're not necessarily here to talk about video game flashback, but we will be talking about the NCAA hockey tournament. Oh, game. <laughs> the semifinals are today. Gophers versus Boston U, Michigan versus Quinnipiac, and then Championship Saturday. Will it be time for Destiny? Mm, I'm really looking forward to talking about that and really looking forward to hopefully celebrating a championship on next week's show. And, of course, Saturday night as well uh, for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, of course. Not Michigan, not Quinnipiac, and definitely not Boston University who's got enough championships <laughs> the Gophers, the Gophers are third out of the. Uh, uh, let's get on with that later. Well, yeah, the Gophers have five championships. We're third place out of the three. Michigan's number one, with like nine championships. Though most of them were way back in the day. And Quinnipiac has been to two finals and lost to both, unfortunately. Let's keep moving. Vegas Golden Knights four to one. Ah, you know, I mean they're they're having a heck of a year, and with no Mark Stone for an extended period of the season, and pretty much the rest of the way here, at least from what we know. It's kind of, Mark Stone has been kind of like in and out, unfortunately, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's a damn shame because he's a hell of a player. But to be fair, Vegas, since their, you know, inception in the NHL, has been one of the proudest organizations in hockey. So um, good for them. You know, good for them. Jack Eichel, a couple of assists in the game. The Minnesota Wild score first in this game, which is a wonderful thing. Great. We're happy we scored and all that. Uh, but after that, Vegas kind of took over. And uh, Laurent Brossard, Brossard, did a hell of a job in that. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury faced 42 shots and gave up three goals, unfortunately. And then there was the empty netter. That's where he had the final score of 4-1. to one. Mason Shaw, and again, I'm going to try to not be just Mr. Game Review and Mr. Game Preview, but kind of talking about topics and stories and such as Mason Shaw injured again. Mason Shaw, another knee injury. And most likely, yeah, it is the ACL, and it's number four for Mason Shaw, but he's going to be back, no doubt about it, and that's the conversation everybody believes, yep, he's a, he's a fighter, uh, Brandon Duhame said, yep, yep, he's a dog, like in a good way, 
<laughs> Sometimes when you hear dog, you think it's like saying bad things about somebody. But no, he is uh, not that he's a dog. He's a fighter. He's like, you know, he's just going to keep going. Only played a minute and a half in the game before succumbing to a, unfortunately, um, his fourth ACL injury. Um, didn't have anything to say. Just kind of like, don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone, kind of. So, and I don't blame him. I can only imagine how frustrating it is finally getting to the NHL and all that, surviving. Uh, the best way to describe Mason Shaw is a survivor. Um, he would have definitely been drafted higher in the NHL draft years ago, if not for the first ACL or two. So it's just kind of been, unfortunately, the way it's been for him. Fourth round pick, 97th overall in the 2017. That was not a good draft for the Minnesota Wild. Mason Shaw, clearly the best out of that bunch. You have uh, Ladnia, who is like below average in the AHL at best. Bryce Misley, who is somebody that's easy to root for, but unfortunately, just, you know, I don't know. He played on a Vermont club that didn't do a whole lot, and, you know, they were one of the worst teams in college hockey and has been in the ECHL off and on and playing overseas. Jacob Golden, I don't know what the heck's going on. Svet Lakov was an older uh, Russian player that could maybe help uh, Kaprizov. He played with Kaprizov in the same club there in the KHL. And Nick Sweeney, yeah, I mean, who knows? He's kind of been off and on battling in the AHL. He's been a decent AHL player and was a really nice player for Minnesota Duluth. In fact, quite clutch uh, multiple national championships there. But, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, prob probably not an NHL player, but I guess there's still a chance. I guess there's still a chance. So um, definitely a survivor for Mason Shaw. And, you know, definitely feelings go out to him. You know, or our heart goes out to him in such a big way. Uh, so... Just, again, wishing him the best. And the good thing about hockey is there's a pretty good chance he's going to play next year at some point. Mason Shaw. Probably not right away, like October or anything crazy like that, being this is April. We could be looking at, like, January, something. I'm, I'm just completely guessing here. Spitballing, as they say. In the NBA, there's no way in hell he'd play next year. And there's a really good chance he wouldn't even play the year after that. And don't you think hockey's harder on your knees than basketball? Even though you maybe play less minutes. But the minutes you play are like a bajillion times harder, right? Don't you think hockey's harder on your knees? So I'll never understand that about NBA players, how it takes literally like two years to come back from an ACL. Sometimes even two and a half. It doesn't make any sense. Like, we're talking like, is he still good? Like, look at Kawhi Leonard for the uh, LA Clippers who beat the Lakers last night. It's like, yeah, I mean, he finally, you know, he's finally like good again. It took him, uh, you know... If, if I remember correctly, he got injured in the spring of 2020. Like, what the heck, man? And he finally came back at some point this year. Like, what is that? So, like, is he still good? <laughs> you know, he's, he's like three years older. That's ridiculous. So, things like that drive me nuts about uh, the NBA compared to the NHL. Again, it just shows you how tough the NHL players really are and how grueling their um, rehab must be to be able to come back to play NHL hockey. NHL hockey, folks, to, uh, you know, and, and at a high enough level to compete and still be good and all that. So, Mason Shaw, I respect the hell out of you. Keep it up, you know. I'm so sorry. I, I really am. <sighs> my, my heart just went out to him. I was like, I can't believe it. Um, unfortunately, the Wild, again, defeated by the Vegas Golden Knights. And it just, it wasn't a good day, you know. Unfortunately, I'm sure fans that got to travel to Vegas had a good time and enjoyed themselves. And I don't know. Um, they were joking about, oh, we were in Vegas for a couple of days, so that's not necessarily a good thing, though. I mean, is that why we lost the series years ago? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was an awesome series. But unfortunately, the Wild did not uh, survive it after making a valiant comeback, going down three games to, to one. 
And then a 4-3 to three loss, which, you know, yeah, kind of felt like another playoff game, a really good one. The Wild trailed early in this game and then eventually kind of started to take over. And I should mention the only guy who scored for Minnesota in Vegas was uh, Matt Boldy for his 29th. And then Matt Boldy, back to Matt Boldy again, his 30th, 30th goal of the year. So awesome. Um... Boldy was a recipient of a nice shot by Klingberg. He uh, deflected it for his 29th goal on Saturday, but on uh, Monday night, 30th goal of the year. And who would have thunk it, the way things were going earlier this season? And I'm not going to come out like uh, Travis Kelsey. No, you doubted him. You doubted him. All of you doubted it. No, sh- shut the hell up, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yes, we all were pretty skeptical at the possibility of Matt Boldy getting 30 goals this year. But he did. So way to way to do way to prove us wrong, Matt. Keep keep it up, keep it up. Um, he has definitely been um, an, an amazing player since the Kaprizov injury, and it is so awesome to see players step up in times of need. And you just hope and pray that this could be the Matt Boldy of the future, not just kind of for a short spurt here, um, but uh, short to medium sized spurt. It's been a pretty long run, actually. So, um, but 30 goals, it's, it's, it's a nice, awesome milestone for a guy at age 21. And he's the best 21-year-old on Minnesota since Marion Gabrick. In fact, he might be the best 21-year-old of all time with Minnesota. He's definitely on the list of 21-year-olds. He's on the Mount Rushmore of 21-year-olds for Minnesota. Uh, Kaprizov never got to be here at age 21. And um, guys like uh, Pierre-Marc Richard were pretty raw. At 21. Koivu wasn't here at 21. I could just say the word 21 50 times, so sorry if I'm babbling. The Dumbas, the the Brodines, you know, I mean, they're not going to have, like, offensive proficiency necessarily at age 21. Um, but then, so, well, I mean, this is one of the lamest, crappiest things I could say, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but it's like the whole controversy of, okay, who comes out when uh, Gustav Nyquist uh, comes in? Well, I'm... Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Mason Shaw, you know, being out there, there's there's a spot. I'm going to say it as gentle as possible because I'm not happy about it. I'd rather have Mason Shaw playing with uh, uh, Gustav Nyquist. I would rather him out there. I have him out there. Sorry, I'm sounding crazy. Um, Sam Steele, it's got to be him, right? Uh, I'm hearing people talking about Brennan DeHaim. Are you sure about that? You know, I, I know Brennan DeHaim's numbers don't necessarily jump out at you. But <clears throat> whenever he does score, it's like, damn, that was good. <laughs> it, it's always like that with Brandon DeHaim. He is, he's an exciting player. It's just another one if you can stay freaking healthy. And uh, earlier in his career with Col- in college and even just last season, he got assists. See, this year he's got nine goals, him being Brandon DeHaim. He had 11 assists last year. This year he only has one, which is kind of funny. And he did play all 80, or well, he played 80 out of 82 games anyway. Not all 80. <laughs> <laughs> he played 80 out of 82 games last year, so he's quite an Iron Man for Minnesota. Maybe scratched like twice, that's about it. So he, he just toughed it out. Yeah, he played through everything last year. This year, more significant injuries, unfortunately. Uh, only 10 points in 46 games because of only one assist. So just simply, you add 11 assists right there, and, you know, he's at 20 points. So he'd be ahead of last year. Uh, three goals more than, uh, Three more goals than last year, and definitely showed some improvement right out of the gate this year. Uh, he was he's a different player is uh Brandon Deham. Unfortunately he's age twenty five, so again he's like kind of like um what's the word? Deceptively older in a lot of ways, being it's only his second year in the NHL. But he played four years in college or no, three years for Providence and then developed with the Iowa Wild for like a year and a half. So it kind of is what it is. Um 
and gosh, she's going to turn 26 on May 22nd. Weird. That's too bad. But, well, hey, 26 is, is okay. You know, he's still got several years to go. He might play till he's 36 or beyond. So hopefully he does. Um, love what Brandon Graham does. And I don't want him going out in the postseason. But maybe it'll be kind of like guys in and out. I don't know. Not necessarily like all the time, but depending on the situation and such. Maybe some nights they have Steele, some nights Brandon DeHame, some nights, uh, you know, whoever. So it kind of is what it is there with uh, the current roster and all of that. So it's kind of how it goes. Um, somebody even mentioned Connor DeWer. Like, you're going to take out Connor DeWer? No. <laughs> That's not even, not even a conversation for me. And obviously guys get hurt, guys get banged up. So that's a huge thing as well. It's a nice, like, you know, like they're always going to say, the Bill Guerins, the Dean Evisons, and the Joey Wygens, and the and the Derek Felskas, the Kalisha Townsells, <laughs> and, and Teresa Furries are going to say, you know, it's a good thing to have. You know, it's nice to have insurance. It's nice to have, you know, it's a good problem to have. Like, okay, we have too many players that are good enough to play. Yeah, it's a nice thing to have rather than, oh, Lord, now what? we got to call up, uh, you know, whoever. You know, like like Sam, Sammy Walker would be great to have up here. But, you know, again, very deep roster. So I think I've made my point way too much already. Like, obviously, Greenway's gone. I think, yeah, he had a pretty nice goal. What was his, like, his second goal with Buffalo or something in, like, 20 games or something, where Tyson Jost's actually playing a lot better with Buffalo, interestingly. He started to kind of pick it up a bit. Uh, during the past few months here that uh, we haven't even thought about him, basically. So that's kind of entertaining when you think about it. I'll, I'll go to it now, again, since I don't want to just sit on game reviews. Yeah, I mean, 21 points in 55 games, it's nothing to, like, write home about. But he, heck, he had, like, one point in, like, how many games in Minnesota? Oh, no, he had three assists in 12 games. Sorry. Excuse me. I was That was just disrespectful. But, no, um, better uh, better numbers in Buffalo. And yes, uh, Greenway had that nice, like, one-handed goal or whatever. That was great. I guess he's got three with Buffalo in 11 games, but uh, good luck, I guess. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, uh, sorry. It, mm, he's been disappointing as an NHL player. Sorry. Like, is that such a terrible thing to say? Uh, Zuccarello's been disappointing as well, and a lot of people will agree with that. Uh, definitely been invisible. Obviously, it's like a, a Kirill Kaprizov thing, but there's more to Zuccarello than just Kaprizov, isn't there? There's got to be, right? Uh, he did get an assist in the game, and we appreciate it very, very much. That was on the Klingberg power play goal. Uh, it was just a second assist, but yeah, Boldy also getting an assist. And the other major statistic and milestone that Boldy uh, achieved in the game, not just the 30 goals, but the 30 assists. So what does the math tell you there? 60 points. 60 points for Matt Boldy. So that's awesome. Julius Janek also eclipsed 60 points this past week. He's at 61 now, and again, an unbelievable pass for Boldy's goal. I believe that was the that was this game, not the first game, right? So yeah. Oh my God, what an unbelievable kind of a wraparound type of pass through defenders at Marcus Johansson, the second assist. That was freaking gorgeous. Oh, but that <laughs> Pavel Dorofeyev, my goodness, he had an incredible. Um, Shorthanded goal. He had two goals in the game. And then, the, the, what did I say? Shorthanded? Shootout goal. An incredible uh, shootout goal to keep the Vegas Golden Knights alive after, uh, you know, after uh, Goudreau had a beauty. But the Wild end up losing in the shootout, unfortunately. And yes, Dorovayov, he's definitely the star of the game. Of course, he scored 
Dorovav, sorry, <laughs> scored to, to tie the game up when it was 2-1. to one. Matt Boldy got his 30th goal and a gorgeous pass from Dulerchenek uh, late in the second. Dorovav uh, with a goal with, God, with like 35 seconds remaining, which was just demoralizing. It was derailing. It was just, ah, uh, come on. Maybe we'll be okay. But it seems like the team that scores late, there's always this momentum turn going into OT and ultimately the shootout, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, overtime, Wild survived that, go to the shootout, and, you know, Eichel scored early in his shootout goal, and then uh, the Wild go up 2-1 to one in the shootout, thanks to Goudreau, and um, Doroveyev with an incredible move that just, again, a backbreaker in a lot of ways, like, ah, oh, if only, if only, if only he wasn't able to get that extra little movement <laughs> with his stick before before releasing the shot. Maybe if Gustav Nyquist was able to poke check it or whatever. It, it's risky. It is what it is. Uh, did I call him Nyquist? Did I? Philip Gustafson. God, I'm sorry. Too many gooses around here. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> but he made a great, made a great play, and uh, and then next thing you know, you know, Riley Smith also scored to wrap it up in the shootout. It's just uh, so that was definitely frustrating, insanely sad. The Wild unfortunately get a, uh, only one point out of it. Vegas Golden Knights get into the hundred point range, which you know, congratulations, and job well done for a team that's been you know, through a hell of a lot with uh, injury after injury. Mark Stone has missed about half the season. Uh, I'm not sure when he's coming back or if he's coming back. Uh, Logan Thompson's been out for an extended period. They're starting goalie, obviously, and their main guy and all that, but they've really, they've really hung in there, and they're still winning the division over there in the Pacific, and winning the Pacific division isn't as easy as people might think considering how great Edmonton has been. So, ever pretty much since last year's postseason, Edmonton is a different team. They really are. Uh, they did get to the West Finals. A lot of people thought they were just a sacrificial lamb to Colorado, and they were. Oh, they were. <laughs> this year, though, watch out. Uh, McDavid, career high in everything. He is a step even better. And to taste the Western Finals, I'm sure he's hungrier than ever. So it's going to be real interesting. Uh, that Pacific Division is no joke. Uh, Vegas is only up by one point, at least if I remember correctly. I'm going to screw around here a little bit with that. But... Um, what the heck? It's showing the playoff brackets already. It's We're not quite there yet, are we? Uh, but I guess it's good to speculate. Minnesota would be... I guess we'd be on the road versus Dallas because of the tie, which is really annoying. Colorado would be hosting Seattle. I guess they'd technically be their vision champs. So hopefully that's Minnesota-Seattle for the number two seed. Vegas versus Winnipeg, number one. Edmonton versus Los Angeles. What an epic battle that would be. That's the, that's the Gretzky series right there. As they did face off in the playoffs a lot. Edmonton and L.A. when Gretzky was in Los Angeles. So that was in the early 90s and all that. So good times, good times. Boston versus the Islanders, probably sacrificial lamb, though Parisi got 20 goals this year. So good for him. Nice uh, renaissance for Zach Parisi. We got one more renaissance for Zach Parisi. He, he tends to have those. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Toronto and Tampa, epic, epic battle there. New Jersey and New York. Woo New York Rangers, that is. Carolina and Florida, probably a pretty good idea who's going to win that one, though. It's still a nice southeastern uh, series there in Le Postseason. Yes, uh, like I thought, uh, Vegas has 104, Edmonton 103. Los Angeles has been a heck of a revelation this year with 100 points. They did show promising signs last year, but this year they're real, man. Um, 
So the Pacific Division is not a joke. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, you even have Seattle there, of course, with 94 points. And they're, they haven't clinched yet, but they're probably going to make it. The Wild officially clinched with their 98th point, yay, in a shootout loss, which is annoying. But at least they clinched 98 points, and the Wild will most likely get over 100 with five games remaining. And if we don't, what the hell happened? Well, what the hell happened? I guess we're the 8th seed or 7th seed or something, if that takes place. Um, Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville still battling it out. And Seattle officially, yeah, Seattle still hasn't officially clinched. Um, St. Louis says, yeah, they're out, right? There's only four games left for them. Yeah, they, they can't possibly make it. They can't. They just, they're out. So Nashville, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg with 89. Calgary with 89. Nashville with 86. And then after that, that's uh, the end of the end of the road versus uh, St. Louis, Vancouver, so on and so forth. Chicago Blackhawks, not quite the number one team in the West anymore. I'm sure a lot of us feel terrible about that. Same with the Anaheim Schmucks. Um, Detroit can't still be alive, can they? Uh, I guess they could if they if they won out. Yeah, if they won all all <laughs> if they won all five games and won up with eighty nine, and then someone else lost, like uh, yeah, like the like everybody else lost basically. So they're technically not out, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Even Buffalo and Ottawa with eighty one, Pittsburgh and the New York Islanders are uh, pretty much deadlocked with Florida and. Florida and the New York, uh, yeah, the Islanders, the Panthers, and the Penguins. 87 for Florida, 87 for the Islanders, 86 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's State of Hoppy right there. Good luck with that. Um, obviously still a talented team, and we're going to be talking about them in the next segment. But, yeah, it's, it's fun to look at the standings right now because it's kind of important this time of year. Um, Boston's chances of winning the championship are very high, yet at the same time, President's Trophy teams oftentimes find a way to lose in the playoffs for some reason. They just do. Last year's President's Trophy did not lose in the playoffs. They pretty much kicked everyone's butt and even made Tampa look like they weren't as scary as they had been the previous two seasons. So, well, it was an epic uh, matchup nonetheless. We'll have to wait and see, but hopefully the Minnesota Wild don't end up as like a, a road team. But then again, if they do, our success level has been higher on the road in the playoffs Historically, the Minnesota Wild are still winless in series with homeites. So, going all the way back to the Anaheim Ducks Western Conference Final, which just blew my mind and blew everyone else's mind. You beat two super talented teams on the road in Game 7, and then you have a team that's got the lo- uh, lower seed than you. In the West Final, it's like gift-wrapped, but then magically, Sebastian Jaguar, Jean-Sebastian Jaguar, has the series of his life, and um, the Ducks end up uh, losing the final to New Jersey in 7. So, well, we'll see. It is what it is. Um, <clears throat> that was a great series, even though I didn't really watch a whole lot of it because I was mad. <sighs> but it's going to be, you know, it's obviously something very enjoyable. The Stanley Cup playoffs are as fun as it gets. I don't think there's any better playoffs than the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, NFL playoffs are exciting because it's single elimination. Obviously, NCAA tournaments, the ho- ho- hockey and basketball are good. Basketball always seems to have one of, and, and same thing in the NBA. There's always like one out of seven or so teams that's always waiting at the end to uh, win the championship, which is really annoying. Like freaking UConn won their fifth title. Yay. I'm real excited about that. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit in segment two because of the DraftKings ad, which is unfortunately outdated. We have not received the new one yet. That's what Dylan said on the uh, Slack app today. So it is what it is, or yesterday anyway. So, nothing new has been posted. The Mike McDonough Award winner for this episode 
this past week against just Vegas and Vegas, I, I guess it's boldy again. I mean, reaching the 30-goal plateau, the 60-point plateau, what an amazing run it's been. Uh, unfortunately, both of the goalies got beat a bit, which is disappointing, but they'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. Uh, Vegas is number one in the West for a reason. They they know how to play. They are a very good team, well-coached. Uh, they're, in a lot of ways, overachieving with certain players, like their goaltending and all that. They're doing a great job, and they deserve credit. And uh, Cassidy deserves credit as one of the best coaches in the NHL, so it is what it is. Um, the James Shepard Memorial, which uh, me and Derek had an interesting conversation about how, <laughs> how, the, how that all kind of came around, so... Very interesting. Fans kind of, again, just making fun of him. And I don't know, he was just, the guy is not a winner, man, at all, obviously. Incredible stories with, like, him and Lemaire and all that. Embarrassing. So that's why he will always be a part of this show in terms of the negative side. The James Shepard Memorial. And I'm going to go with Zuccarillo. Uh, I think he, I think he got it last week as well. He's just been too quiet. And it's bullcrap. You're like a 70, 80-point player. And... Lately, you've been like a 25-point-a-year player. Like, what's, what's the deal? So, I don't know. It's extremely frustrating. It's just like he's, he's not the same guy. And the reason for it is I know Kaprizov's not there. I get all that. But surely you can find something somewhere. I mean, they're, they're, the talent's there. It can't just be Kaprizov. Obviously, a stud player like that is going to make a difference for everybody. But just shows how valuable Kaprizov is at the end of the day. And, I don't know, it's making Zuccarello look... A lot weaker than than he probably is, which is annoying. Um, with that, we'll take a quick break and come back. Here from DraftKings preview of the upcoming games. Look at the NCAA Frozen Four, baby, and then ultimately Fan Interaction in segment number three. Segment number two, previous segment. Let's get to DraftKings immediately. Now, again, our apologies. You're at the the, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, for the older, outdated ad. But that's where we're going to have to go right now. And still, join DraftKings, of course. The biggest tournament in college basketball and college hockey is underway. <laughs> I'm just throwing that in. And the action is getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook. One of America's top-rated sportsbook apps right now, customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosters all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. So, in all reality, you have baseball now, you have... Uh, <laughs> you have baseball now, you have the NBA, you have hockey, so you have plenty of stuff to bet. Hopefully bet on the Minnesota Wild over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sorry, Hoppy, but the Wild are going to beat them, damn it, right? Or at least I would like to believe so. So that's something we will lean towards. Um, the sports world has definitely picked up. It hasn't stopped just because the NCAA uh, basketball tournament is over. I hated the, the finish. It was nice to see teams like San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, and the Miami Hurricanes in the Final Four. But of course, there's always one freaking you know, 
super team or super school that's, that's, you know, one of the seven, eight teams that's always around in the Final Four that ends up winning it, like Kentucky and all that. You get sick of it, but that's how it ended. I guess you might as well have bet on UConn because you would have won money for sure. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. And my deep apologies to the Hockey Podcast Network for saying the XXX thing. Because that's what the draft, that's what the uh, the ad shows, but it, we need to stick with THPN. So I will learn my lesson there. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And again, thank you very much. And Brave the Wild continues on the Hockey Podcast Network. Very happy about that. That is the flagship network. Uh, at least it was as when, when there was a TH, uh, the Basketball Podcast Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Now it's back what it was before, the, the main thing. It's what it is. It is simply the Hockey Podcast Network, and that's it. The other two are no more. They've ceased to exist. <clears throat> Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia have now moved to Anchor or uh, <clears throat> Spotify for podcasters. So that's how it is. So that's how it's going to be. <laughs> There's a, uh, a chance that those two can get some ads, hopefully via Spotify for podcasters. So at least that's how that works, I'd like to believe. So they say, why did I do this? What did I just do? I blew it. I blew it, laddie. The Pittsburgh Penguins are next on board. They're on deck and all that. I'm still waiting for the darn thing to... There we go. That's my own fault anyway. That's tonight, the 6th of March. Uh, April, pardon me. The Wild and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are like the ninth seed basically over there in the Eastern Conference. 38, 31, and 10. Fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. The Wild are third, I guess, by some kind of default at the moment in our division. Mason Shaw, and it even says it suffered ACL... It's weird because I never saw Russo or Joe uh, Smith say it, but they probably did. I just didn't see it. I was digging and looking and looking, but everybody's like, it's an ACL, and it is. The Wild announced that Shaw suffered an ACL on April the 1st. April Fools. Yeah, real funny, right? Oh, it sucks so bad. Kaprizov again. Practice Wednesday, April the 5th, and could return for Saturday's game, according to Jesse Pierce, of course, uh, NHL.com. She's all over the place and good for her, so. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Really happy to hear that Kirill Kaprizov is about ready to go. Yep, he's been practicing. So, Gustav Nyquist returned to practice and could return before the end of the season, according to Jazzy Beers, NHL.com. Yep, so very good news. Marcus Patterson, Pittsburgh Penguins, designated for long-term injury. So, he's probably not going to play again this year. That was in late March. Uh, Jan Ruta is uh, week-to-week, according to Coach Mike Sullivan. Dmitry Kulikov, remember that name. Dmitry Kulikov, sorry, uh, placed him on injured reserve as of March the 12th, so he's probably not going to play again this year either. Probably not. Um, Penguins did beat the Wild. I remember that a, uh, a while back. Uh, was that a week before Thanksgiving? It must have been, yeah. November the 17th, Thursday, 6-4 to four loss for the Wild. And this one's in Pittsburgh, unfortunately. The Wild weren't playing all that great around that time, if I remember correctly. The goaltending was kind of like, yeah. It was like a little later when things really started to change. Yeah, Gustafson gave up five goals in that game. Tristan Jerry gave up four. And, of course, the sixth goal was an empty netter. City, Sid, uh, Sid the kid, no more. No longer the kid, Sid the veteran. Very much so. Uh, four points, two goals, two assists. Julerks and I got a couple of goals, and everyone else kind of was adequate at best. And, again, 
Philip Gustafson not so good, unfortunately, in a disappointing loss. Um, 24th in goals for Minnesota, 17th for Pittsburgh, 3rd in goals against for Minnesota, 20th at Pittsburgh. Power play the Wild are 13th, Pittsburgh 17th. Penalty kill the Wild are 12th. Wow, so nice improvement from earlier in the year. 18th for Pittsburgh, penalty minutes the Wild are 27th. Pittsburgh is 19th, and so on and so forth. So we'll look at the players a little bit very briefly here. Tristan Jerry's been the main goalie. He's nothing special. Casey DeSmith main is the other kind of platoon goalie. Nothing special. Both given up about three goals a game. In fact, over that for uh, Casey DeSmith. Their save percentages are reasonable, like a little over 90%. It's like, eh, just, just okay, you know. And then you got some serious talent down in the uh, with the actual skaters. Uh, 88 points and 78 games for Crosby. He stayed healthy all year. Knock on wood. The ultimate knock on wood when it comes to staying healthy is a guy who signed a new contract last summer, Jenny Mulkin. 80 points in 78 games. He has played every game this year. Congratulations, Mulkin. You'd think Pittsburgh could be like in first place or something with that guy staying healthy. And even Jake Gensel, who'd been kind of snake bit with injuries. It's am- It's crazy to think about all the players that stayed healthy. For the Pittsburgh Penguins, like Jason Zucker couldn't stay healthy for his life. He's only missed four games this year. And they're not even in the playoffs at the moment. That's weird. It's funny, but I mean, it just shows you. just goes to show you. You know, Jeff Carter hasn't been as good as people would like, I'm sure. Um, Latang, he's missed a significant amount of time. Yeah, that's the one thing about the Penguins is they've had so many damn injuries. But I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, just the defense and the goaltending is just not up to par. Because the offense is certainly there. Jake Genzel, again, who's had some freak injuries, almost 70 points here in 74 games. 35 goals for Jake Genzel. Jake the Snake Genzel, son of Mike Genzel, former Gopher uh, assistant uh, head coach, basically. Um, back in the day with, uh, all the way back, going all the way back to Ruger, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, hell of a coach for many years for the Gophers. Um, hmm. Yeah, Pittsburgh is kind of up and down. They're literally up and down. Like, kind of a 500-ish type of team. Kind of. I mean, they're above 500, but they haven't been that good. You know, they're, what What are they, uh, bouncing everywhere. Sorry. Pittsburgh is 2-3 and three in their last five. Losing on March 28th at Detroit 7-4. to four. What the hell is that? A 2 to nothing shutout versus Nashville. Okay. Um, 4-3 loss to Boston. Welcome to the planet. Uh, gosh. 4-2 to victory or Philly. Okay, sure. 5-1 to one butt kicking by by the New Jersey Devils, who they faced off with the uh, Penguins back in the '91 uh, Prince of Wales Finals, Conference Finals, before it was called the Easter Conference, the Prince of Wales. Um, that wasn't the they didn't face off in the fine Conference Final. That was Boston. What am I talking about? It was like real early in the playoffs. Uh, New Jersey took Pittsburgh seven games, and then after that, the Penguins just kind of took off. Yep, and then, yeah, kind of took off and beat Boston easily and won the Stanley Cup over the North Stars. God forbid, that sucked. But it is what it is. Great playoff run for the North Stars that ended uh, with a three-game butt-kicking, unfortunately, to our chagrin. The Minnesota Wild will beat the Penguins. The Minnesota Wild will will beat the Penguins. I can't see the Wild losing three games in a row, and if they do, shame on us. The Penguins have not been good. The Wild went 5-2-3 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. (laughs) <laughs> How can I bet against him? Matt Boldy at least gets his 31st goal. I think he has a multi-point game and a 5-3 to three win over the Penguins. The Wild are not going to get swept by the Penguins this year, and they're not going to lose three games in a row. That would be real crappy, wouldn't it? Like, they're not going to do that. They're just not. 
Uh, there's too much at stake, a legitimate chance to win the division, regardless of how we feel about home ice advantage. Uh, St. Louis reeks of a trap game. It always has been, always will be, but the Wild did escape last time around. This is an excellent energy center. The uh, St. Louis Blues are out of the playoffs. Uh, Marco Stendella out for the remainder of the season, former Wild, of course. Uh, Pavel Bucevic out for Tuesday's game on April the 4th, so he'll probably play against the Wild. Robert Thomas again out for April 4th, da 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 So he's had a hell of a year with 46 assists. Jordan Cairo with 37 goals. Good for him. Jordan Bennington's a mess, and <laughs> former teammates have been making fun of him. Like, yeah, I can't believe we actually won the cup with him at goalie. He because he bleeping sucks. So that's interesting that people are talking like that. The Wild scored eight goals last time around in a mess of a night. What a weird game. Looked like the Wild were going to lose, and then we just absolutely went berserk. It was fun. Bennington got, went crazy and got game misconduct and almost injured Ryan Hartman. It's a miracle he didn't, actually. The Wild lead the season series two games to one. The Wild should and better sweep these guys. Just just do it. Go on and sweep them. Let's get, to, let's get to 102 points, at least 100 or 101, whatever it is, but the triple digits and beyond with the win over the St. Louis Blues team. It reeks of a trap game that you'd blow it and lose, but I don't know. Um, they're giving up three and a half goals a game. They're awful. Save percentages are 89, even though Bennington and Grice have a combined three shutouts. Cairo is a really nice player. Bushanovich, he's probably going to play against the Wild, and he was a factor last time around. Braden Shen always has been, blah, blah, blah. Um, Thomas will probably play. Scandella's out for the remainder of the year, but he's only played 20 games. I mean, I don't know. He, I think he's done. I think he should just retire. I'm not saying it to be sarcastic or be a jerk. He's just not being, he's just done. He just is. Uh, St. Louis, for some reason, is 3-2 and two in their last five. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> they beat Vancouver 6-5 to five <laughs> at home. Uh, beat Chicago in Chicago 5-3. to three. Lost at Nashville 6-1. to one. Lost at, Bo- uh, at home versus Boston, anyway, 4-3. to three. And beat Philly 4-2. to two. If I mentioned that already, I apologize. I don't think I did. St. Louis is 14th in goals, 27th in goals against... Uh, 23rd on the power play, 28th on the penalty kill, and they look terrible against us, let me tell you. Penalty minute 6th, and so on and so forth. The Wild need to beat the St. Louis Blues Club. They're miraculously a game above 500, and they were kind of in the mix for a while, but I think the Wild need to take care of business, win this thing with a comfortable 4-2, 4-2, type of game, beat the St. Louis Blues comfortably, and move on from there. Um... The Wild could finish very strong this year. They could finish very strong. St. Louis might be a trap game, so obviously I'm kind of so-so about that in a way. Then you get a couple of days off to play the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> as we try to move right along here. 25-46-6 and six in the United Center. If this isn't a trap game, I don't know what is, because it could be. Uh, Philip Koreshev out for the remainder of the season. Cole Gutman injured reserve, so he's probably not going to play again. And uh, Colin Blackwell season-ending surgery, so on and so forth. Blackhawks are the worst-scoring team in the league, 32nd with only 188 goals. Goals against their 25th. They have the least amount of assists as well, so they just don't score at all. That's funny. 29th in the power play, no surprise. 21st in the penalty kill, and 18th in the penalty, uh, penalty minutes overall. The Wild are sweeping the Blackhawks so far this year. Will we complete the sweep? Yes. I'm sounding insanely optimistic here with three wins in a row, but I think the Wild finished very strong going into the postseason. But unfortunately, I can see one 
I could see, yeah, I, I see at least one loss coming up, but it might be next week's show. Might be. Um, the Wild might end up sweeping this week, which sounds insanely optimistic, but uh, we'll see. Um, <coughs> March 26th versus Vancouver. The uh, you know this is all in Chicago until Calgary, uh, where they actually won. That's funny. So all these these four home games they lost four to two to Vancouver, four to one to Dallas, five to three to St. Louis, six to three to New Jersey. Woo! And but they're an awesome offense. New Jersey's not the team of the old days. It's not our it's it's not our uncles New Jersey Devils. Well, we're the uncle. These guys my age are the uncle now. <laughs> like the Derek Kraskas and stuff. We're all yeah us Gen Xers that remember the gritty, grinded out uh, Martin Brodeur, you know Patrick Eliash, New Jersey Devils that would grind it out and beat people that that way. Uh, this is a much more offensive minded team. So six to three is more realistic with this Devils club. Uh, the Blackhawks beat Calgary, which is a huge loss for the Flames. Just That's what kind of year it's been for Calgary. A lot of people had them winning the Pacific Division this year, and that's not a stupid prediction at all. They just made us look stupid because they're stupid. The Flames are stupid. They're the they're the Simmers. I don't know. The Calgary Sim, uh, Simmers. The Calgary Ice. I don't know. They're disappointing. That's all. The Calgary flamed out. 5-3. to three, No, 4-3 to three victory by the Blackhawks over the Flames. Oh, that's bad. Mm. It's really bad. But, uh, you know, you're right there fighting for a playoff berth and you, you can't beat the Blackhawks in in your house. It's just awful. Alex Daylock, a couple of shutouts this year, but the goaltending stinks overall for the Blackhawks. I'd have to say Mrazek has given up three and a half goals. Daylock, actually, you know, adequate. He's kind of like here. He's kind of like he was here, like upper twos. For goals against average, got a couple shutouts. Same percentage of 91. Like, nice numbers, really. Just but av- just kind of an average Joe, you know? He's not great, but he'll put he'll turn in a couple of good games. He's generally an average Joe, him being Alex Daylock. I think he's going to be a net again. Mrazek's been awful. Again, three and a half goals a game, 89%, blah, blah, blah. Max Domi, I don't think he's there anymore, is he? Yep, that's what I thought. Traded to the Dallas Stars. Yeah, he's not there anymore. Patrick Kane's on the New York uh, Rangers. Taylor, yeah, so who's left? <laughs> I think pretty sure Seth Jones. Yep, Taylor Radish. He's the Radish. He's the Radish guy. He's, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, and he's in his mid-20s. 37 points, 20 goals on the season. He looks older than he is. It's funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Seth Jones has been a huge bust for the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taze is still there, but he's missed a bunch of time again. 30 points in 48 games. The Wild need to beat this club again. Uh, need to beat this club again and sweep this series. If you're going to sweep the Blackhawks, you might as well do it this year because we didn't do it when it mattered, unfortunately, in the playoffs years ago. They they swept us in, uh, after we had that epic series with the St. Louis Blues with our red-hot Devin Dubnik in that. He wasn't so red-hot when the Blackhawks dispatched us very quickly in that series. It was like 3 nothing Blackhawks like before you even... Before you even, like, warmed the seat you were in. It was, like, ridiculous. I remember that. I was like, what the hell? Well, that was game one. I was like, what is this? And then that whole series is just embarrassing. And the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup over a very good Tampa team that just wasn't ready to win Stanley Cups yet. Unfortunately, it was, like, quite a few years later for them. Um, But, uh, yeah, the Wild need to take care of business with these teams. So a golden opportunity to win the division because of this uh, schedule. You you gotta beat these teams. P- Pittsburgh is an easy possibility for the Wild to lose. 
that could be the loss of, of this group, particularly being it's in Pittsburgh, and they're fighting for a playoff hope as well. And that team has a lot of pride. They've won multiple cups. Uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin have won three. Uh, other guys have won two. And others are just, you know, it's a, it's a good team. So uh, the Wild might lose to Pittsburgh. It's just their goaltending sucks so bad, I think the Wild should be able to take care of business. Uh, Connor Hellebuck's a damn good goalie. Winnipeg is still a dangerous team. But the Wild crushed this club just a few uh, a few weeks ago. They absolutely demolished the Winnipeg Jets. And why the heck shouldn't we do it again? This will be a back-to-back, so of course it's going to be two different goalies. The Wild lead the series three games to zero. It has been a dominant, dominant run. The Wild could have a chance to sweep two division rivals that have been headaches in the past. The Blackhawks, of course, a few many years ago now. And the Winnipeg Jets, much more recently, they beat us in five games uh, during Chuck Fletcher's last season as head, uh, general manager of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Sam Gagne, injured reserve. Cole Pafetti, out for at least eight weeks back in February. So we're probably not going to see him. Unless I'm an idiot and I already missed it, but that's always possible. Winnipeg is 21st in goals, 10th in goals against. 24th in the power play, 5th in the penalty kill. 5th, 16th in penalty minutes and so on and so forth. Again, the Wild lead the season series. Winnipeg is 2-3 and three in their last five, not helping their chances to make the postseason. 4-1 to one loss at L.A., 3-0 to zero loss to the Sharks. Yuck, yuck, ugh. They uh, beat Detroit 6-2, to two, beat New Jersey 6-1. to one. Wow, they're like, okay, we got to stop screwing around here. And then lost to Calgary 3-1. to one. So they're kind of an up-and-down, inconsistent team, and they have been that all year. There's no, no doubt. There is no doubt. Um, they look good early in the year with Rick Bonus taking over, and I, I think he's a good coach, but I don't know, maybe they're just not, not uh, it's just not their year, so to speak, um, and that's kind of obvious. Uh, Kyle Connor with 79 points, he's basically a point-of-game guy, awesome year for him. Josh Morrissey also with 71, Mark Scheifele with 39 goals on the season, 64 points. Blake Wheeler has gotten much and much older, much and much, oh yeah, he's gotten a lot older, sorry, much and much older, huh? Uh, 38 assists on the year. Good for him. Cole Perfetti. 51 games. 30 points. But I don't think he's going to play. Uh, he's probably not going to play again this year. But maybe maybe in the playoffs he will. If they make it. Pierre-Luc Dupont with, uh, with Dubois. With uh, 61 points in 70 games. Very, very strong season for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I love that. Just rolls right off your tongue. I love it. <laughs> Connor Hellebuck is a hell of a goalie. We know. 34 wins, 25 losses, 2.57 goals against average, three shutouts, and about 92% save percentage. David Riddish, a respectable backup with 9-7 and seven record, 2.65 goals against average, no shutouts. Save percentage pretty average, though, at 90. So, again, a very, very, very winnable game. Surely the Wild are going to lose to either Pittsburgh uh, or Winnipeg. Maybe we lose some weird game to Chicago or St. Louis. It's very possible. But I think the Wild at least go 3-1 and one this week and have a golden opportunity to really, 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 you know, beef things up here. Maybe get to eighty, uh, get to 106 points, which would be super awesome. And then a, even a shot at uh, 108 versus Nashville. But I, I don't think the Wild win that game. Maybe my five will be different coming in. But the Wild always lose to Nashville. And it's the final game of the season. Seems like the Wild never play well in the final game of the season unless we're missing the playoffs. Like, yay, we won the last game at least. That was great, like Todd Richards' last game. That was wonderful. Yay, we won. We beat the Stars. That was so cool. Todd, you're fired. <laughs> That's kind of how things went that way. Because uh, it was such an average... Just he's an, He was such an average coach, and the team was so average. So, 
Um, gosh, and Todd Richards grew up not too far from here, <laughs> Crystal, Minnesota. My next door neighbor here, just a few blocks away to the north. Pretty crazy. Um, but the Wild, I have a golden opportunity to sweep this week. Man. Uh, I don't know. I think to be safe, it's almost impossible to go 4-0. I mean, this team can do it. I think maybe the Wild do not win their last two games and wind up with 104. That's just a guess. I'm hoping the Wild get to at least 106 here. I really am, but I don't know. Maybe like a 4-3 to loss here versus Winnipeg or 3-2 to loss. Something weird, you know, maybe they, they kind of, a little bit of pride, they kind of hang in there. But um, the most likely guy to score versus the Blues, which I didn't even mention, and I'm really sorry, would be Jared Spurgeon versus the Blackhawks. It's going to be Matt Zuccarello finally scoring again. Of course, he's more of a pat, uh, an assist guy anyway, but yeah, he'll he'll score a goal in that game. Uh, Connor DeWer will score against the Winnipeg Jets. Connor DeWer, no, Brandon Duhame will score against... Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, but the Wild end up not winning the game, unfortunately. Brandon Duhame, uh, three to two, Winnipeg. Wild maybe get a point out of it, so maybe 105, something like that, and then see what happens versus the uh, National Predators. With that said, let's uh, go to the NCAA tournament and the Frozen Four, folks. You can see it flashing on Blades of Steel when you're playing the tournament. Minnesota versus Boston U. They're both flashing. And then Michigan Trinipiac are on the other side. Dun, 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 dun. I always think of that when I see the NCAA hockey tournament. Minnesota, Boston U. Ooh, it's going to be... It's. I'm really looking forward to this. Obviously, again, Boston U is a very talented team. And they have many, many national championships. The Gophers have five. Trying to go for our sixth. Uh, Boston U... If uh, I'm going to get a quick thing, I, f I think they have six, but I want to make 100% sure. I know one of them between Boston U and Boston College, they have five, so they're just like us. 1971, 72, 78, and those were at our expense in some cases, where either we lost in the Frozen Four or the final or something. But um, interesting. Yeah, Luke Tuck. Luke Tuck is an alternate captain on that team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's related to uh, Alex. Uh, they won it all in 95. Interesting. Do they play Boston College? Or do they, That's interesting. I, I got to look that up here. And then 2009, the Boston University won. And they ended up losing in 2012 to Providence, if I remember correctly, when the uh, the goalie lost the puck. And that uh, I believe that was Providence, right? No, oh, that was more recent. Much more recent. That was uh, 2016. Sorry. Um, they ended up losing, though. Yeah. 2012... I think that was Boston College that knocked the Gophers out. Yeah, I, I always get the two mixed up. The Boston University Terriers and Boston College. So, um, it's <laughs> it's a pain in the butt sometimes and easy to mix stuff up. But uh, it's it's how it is. Uh, I, I'm curious about something. I'm going to look it up real quick. NCAA Hockey Tournament. Come on, man. Okay. Because I know the Gophers got to the 
final. It was still called the Final Four. It got turned turned into the Frozen Four in uh, 1999. Um, show the damn bracket. Yep, the Boston University beat the Gophers seven to three, and ultimately beat Maine, who had beat Michigan in triple overtime four to three in the other Frozen Four game. Michigan has lost a couple of overtime games in the Final Four before, and it wasn't the Frozen Four. It was still the Final Four back then. Uh, Lake Superior State. That was when they're. Uh, I believe they'd won a couple of national titles in a row. Was uh, Their run was ended by Boston University. So that makes sense. Uh, Gophers beat uh, Ren. Yeah, we, we played them a few times, I think. Yeah, Ren Silar. And then we beat Colorado College. That was uh, coached by Don Lucia. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That was actually a very impressive win, considering Colorado College back then was considered a very talented team. We got to the Final Four and lost to Boston U. So, hopefully that doesn't happen here. Interesting how Michigan's over there, too. The only team missing is Quinnipiac. Interesting. Interesting. So, three of the teams that are in the Frozen Four this year were in the 95 Final Four. Hmm. Interesting. So, a little bit of history there. Um, Quinnipiac is undefeated in the semifinal round, winless in the championship round. Uh, when Michigan has a ton of championships, unfortunately. Again, Boston University and Minnesota have um, five championship championships each, so we're both chasing our sixth. Winnipeg, I believe, has nine or ten. Excuse me, Michigan, I believe, has five or ten. 1948, 1950, you see, like I said, a lot of these were from way back in the day. So, 1948, 1951, 1952, 1953, wow, three in a row, wow. Uh, and then 90, uh, 1955, that's uh, uh, four out of five there. Oh my god, 1956, that's five out of six years they won the national championship. Jeez. 1964 and then 1996 and then 98. So it's been quite a while. They lost the championship round in two, uh, 2011 and also in uh, 77 and 57. They've been to the Frozen Four a billion times. They've been to the tournament even more. Blah, blah, blah. But um, nine championships for Michigan overall. Uh, Luke Hughes is an alternate captain. Interesting there. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, Brandon Narato is an interim coach his first season, and they might be the best team in college hockey. A lot of people would say the Minnesota Gophers are, and I would like to believe that. I would very, very much like to believe that. Uh, I hope the Gophers can overcome this, and I am going to pick the Gophers to beat Boston University, Michigan to beat uh, Quinnipiac, and the Gophers to beat Michigan. I'm going to stick to that with a 4-3 to three win in a very epic battle. Um... So it was 2015, okay, when the, uh, yeah, yeah. Providence, I believe, knocked the Gophers out that year, if I remember correctly. And I think they won it all, if I remember, yeah. Pretty sure Providence won the national championship that year. Hmm. So, yep, crazy stuff. Boston University lost in 97. They lost in 94 in the final game. But, yeah, it is what it is. They've had a pretty good run. It's been a pretty darn good uh, program over in Boston University, so really looking forward to that. Their head coach is also in his first season, interestingly enough. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very fun. Um, now I'll jump around a little more into the uh, regular prospects, and I... Okay, good, I didn't mess it up. I thought I did. I would have sucked. Uh, Liam Ugren, Ogren has been incredible in the postseason over there in Sweden. He has been awesome. Um, he was like pretty much the player of the week here for the uh, MNW prospects. Uh, him and Ben Kier are just unbelievable. Uh, Ugrin, yeah, my gosh. Um, 
Six goals, two assists in six games. So eight total points in the qualification playoffs, as they call it. Uh, it's been pretty damn epic, though. He's had a hell of a... He's, he's really starting to step up, and that's a really encouraging sign for Liam Ugrin and somebody that steps it up in the postseason, something that uh, Kevin Fiala really didn't do in Minnesota. We'll see what he does with the Los Angeles Kings. Danila Yurov, as we stay in Europe, if that's okay. <laughs> that was funny, right? Wasn't it, though? No. Um, 11 playoff games, no points. Damn. Come on, Danila. But uh, that is the KHL. So uh, so he's, he's like, you know, he's like a uh, little baby so far at the professional level. It is what it is. And I didn't say that to be insulting. It's just he's a baby in, the NA, in professional hockey right now. So not meant as an insult. Please don't take it that way. Merit Kuznadinov is a stud. Yeah, we know. Uh, 12 playoff games, one goal, six assists, definitely, again, more of a playmaker, just like 11 goals, 30 assists in the regular season. But in 12 playoff games, one goal and seven, uh, six assists, seven points, and again, is a very good penalty kill type of guy, a phenomenal skater. Uh, love Merit Huznadinov's future in the NHL. I can't wait to see him with the Minnesota Wild. Um, I don't think he plays a single game in Iowa, that's my guess. I'd be very surprised if he did. So, but... He might. Maybe like a cup of coffee or something just because, like, hey, no, you can't just step right in. You gotta... Hey, we don't have time for petty bullshit. So, no, I'm just... <laughs> I love, uh... I love Bill Guerin, man, and how can you not? He, he's done a hell of a job. He really has, considering what... He's been considering what the, uh, salary cap situation is, and, um... And, obviously, adding to it by having two players leave. It is what it is. But uh, getting them out of the locker room has definitely been a revelation for this team, this fan base, uh, the franchise and all that. And uh, it's, I think it's helped this team much more than hurt. It, it is what it is. I mean, we were all excited when those contracts were signed. We all were pushing for it. So we're paying the piper, as they say in the sports world. We're paying the piper, laddie. It is what it is, laddie. It is what it is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Iowa had one good game and one not-so-good game, basically. A win and a loss. Our Marco Rossi hanging in there, a point a game, 16 goals, 33 assists, 49 points. Nick Paton has been the best player, simply the best player at age 27, unfortunately, out of Delta, British Columbia, five foot nine. Um, solid player. He's been phenomenal, though, at the AHL level. 57 points, 23 goals, 34 assists. He's a multi-point game like guy like every night. Semi Walker's gotten real quiet, and uh, it's a bummer. It, it really is. 25 goals, 20 assists. Adam Beckman's gotten quiet as well. 23 goals, 12 assists. Again, they haven't been playing a whole lot, but it's still, when they have been playing, those guys haven't been factoring in the score. Scoring, pardon me. Mitchell Chaffee had an ACL long, long ago. Um, Jesper Volstead continues to get better and better and better. 13... Why do I keep going backwards? 17 wins, 13 losses, 91 save percentage, 2.64 goals against average. Continues to get better and better. And McIntyre with three shutouts on the year with 2.93 goals against average. Save percentage somehow under 90. But when he's been good, he's been great. And when he's not been good, it's been those nasty 5-1 losses. And that can bring up your icky uh, save percentage. Iowa's okay. I think they're going to hang on to a possible playoff berth and so on and so forth. With that said... Um, I'm going to dig around a little more. Obviously, a lot of young guys in the juniors. There's college players and such. But um, So we won't talk about the college players at this point, except uh, Faber, obviously, getting into that Frozen Four. And it's extremely exciting. Came back to school for one more year to go for it. And then, of course, you have Cooley and Nyes and all them. 
and what a great uh, run has been for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And we all appreciate it so much around here. Um, I don't think Aurora and all them got, got a point this past week. Yeah, Hunt is still at 10. Aurora is still at 9. O'Rourke, not O'Rourke. O'Rourke still at 9. They've been playing better, but generally speaking, Iowa's been kind of a up and down run this this past uh, couple weeks, this past week or two here. Nate Benoit, Mr. I score once in a blue moon, hasn't scored since uh, 17 games, still at one goal, five assists, with the Waterloo Blackhawks ever being traded, like not literally traded for out of Minnesota, but different uh, U.S. Hockey League club. Kyle Mostas, 66 games, 11, 11 goals, 54 assists, 65 total points. And in the postseason so far, nothing, unfortunately. So that's too bad. Three playoff games, nothing for Kyle Masters. So that's unfortunate. Hmm, that's really unfortunate. Caden Bank here is just getting better and better and better and better and better and better. I could go on all day. 57 games, 85 points in the regular season, 37 goals, 48 assists. So those are their final numbers for the regular season. Are you ready for the postseason? Three games, right? Three games? Four goals, four assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Eight points. Canadian banker. And that's why he was the uh, player of the game, or player of the week for us at MNW Prospects. Awesome, guys. Awesome. So, Jack Pert, of course, lost to the Gophers. Carson Lambus has played in four games in the playoffs. One assist. He finished the regular season at 48 points in 61 games, 12 goals, 36 assists, one point in four games in his playoffs so far for the Winnipeg Ice, the Ice, sorry, uh, Hunter Heit, okay, no, wrong accent, Hunt, yeah, French, Hunter Heit, uh, point a game in the playoffs, point a game in the playoffs for the Saginaw Spirit, two goals, two assists, four playoff games, four points, thank you, Hunter Heit, sorry, University of Denver out in the first round. Regular Lorenz finished with nine points in the regular season. Michael Milne, of course, yeah, he's with the uh, Iowa Wild. Yep, and he had ten points so far this year. Ryan Healy, they lost in the first round of the tournament as well. They're Harvard, of course, uh, eight points in the regular season as a right shot D man. David Spachik. All right, well, two assists in four playoff games so far. Finished with... 57 points in 58 regular season games. Very strong for a defenseman. Point-to-game defenseman. Half a point-to-game in the playoffs so far. Um, he was a plus-minus of 53. David Spachek. That is phenomenal. Uh, Servak Petrovsky out of uh, Vele Sarat, Slovakia. 55 points in 62 games. So, like, on average, slightly below last year in that sense. And actually has less points in the playoffs, too. What the heck? Come on. Come on, Petrovsky, let's go. Three games, two points. Last year he had six points in seven games. I guess it's a similar pace. So it's like one game with no points. So hang in there, Sarabak. Hopefully he can uh, continue to uh, get better and better and better and better. Kind of like what he has done overall. But I don't know, kind of a semi-disappointing year compared to last year. Semi-disappointing, but I don't know. It is what it is. He's learning, he's growing, blah, blah, blah. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for fan interaction.
we are back here on Brave the Wild Fan Interaction Segment. It is awesome to be back on board and talk to you out there at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and when you want to comment and get on the show, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, that way I can kind of have everything organized and all that. Same with the Crease and Assist, the Crease and Assist podcast from uh, Derek Felska, hashtag Crease Podcast, hashtag Crease Podcast. Really cool, as we tend to yeah, interact with each other quite a bit, which is so nice. Um, Jay Bushy, Jay Bushy said, he's uh, very proud of, uh, yeah, but he says, very proud of my nephew continuing his hockey career, and I wanted to make sure to hashtag BTWMN, uh, DBTWMN that. The Kalamazoo Wings, who used to be a fun team to play against when the Minnesota Moose were around in the IHL. Kalamazoo Wings, I believe they're in the, I'm going to make 100% sure, ECHL. Okay, I'm going to follow them. I like the Kalamazoo Wings. It's a cool name. I believe they used to be the affiliate for the Minnesota North Stars way back in the day. Yep, that's in Michigan. The K-Wings add, yep, they, this is their Twitter account, and I made sure to follow them. K-Wings add two cornerstone players from the San, Di- uh, San Diego State. What am I talking about? I'm too, no, no, I'm thinking about that team. St. Cloud State Huskies. Yep. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the zoo, gents. <sighs> welcome to the zoo, Kalamazoo. Yep, so, yep. Brendan Bushy, defenseman. Aaron, uh, Aiden. Spilaki, forward. So, cool. Congratulations, guys, and continuing your NHL career, and congratulations to your nephew, uh, Jay Bushy. Absolutely. Brennan Bushy, defenseman, will be playing for the Kalamazoo Wings. Isn't that cool? So, huge shout-out there. Huge, huge shout-out there, and I made sure to follow the Kalamazoo Wings. I've known who they are for forever, so I don't know why I wasn't following them. My apologies. I'm a fan. <laughs> I like that team. It's a cool name. Um, ready, for, ready for the division showdown, and the Wild do have a good chance here. Ask Brave the Wild, or let's talk Minnesota Wild. Ask Brave the Wild and tag it. I don't even necessarily it could be ask and comment. Yep, tag it hashtag BDWMN and ask uh, as many questions, comments as you'd like, and so on and so far. Then those of you that have, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. Brian Herrera says, "What is your favorite beer and snack combo in watching playoff hockey?" Beer and snack combo. Well, I like so many different kinds of beers. You know, because I I am a craft beer connoisseur um for right now like obviously torpedo sierra nevada torpedo is is like mount rushmore with me is but that's usually kind of like later in the night i usually have that one because it's it's a little stronger and that's kind of like like the last beer of the night usually so maybe something a little lighter early on if i'm actually watching the game still something like anything from like a modello chaletta believe it or not you might think i'm crazy like he likes chalettas yeah i do all the different flavors and you like the tomato ones or the uh, uh, pina picante and uh, mango chili and all those but otherwise one that I want to give a huge plug to that I don't think gets enough credit in this world Summit Horizon Red IPA Summit Horizon Red IPA it's it's back around and I just you know so I'm giving them a free plug right now I really love red IPAs and that one's not too strong so it's like you can enjoy it during a game and all that it's not like necessarily a final beer of the night I, can, I, I usually have one or two I don't, I don't binge drink or anything crazy like that. So, but if it's like, maybe the red one might be a little bit lighter than, say, the Torpedo. So, I uh, Horizon Red IPA, I'll give you for that. For snack, anything like the, uh, the kind of the smokehouse almonds, or oftentimes like popcorn, or uh, I'm just all over the place, sorry. Um, what's the other thing? Cheez-It crackers. Yep, I just that's just how it is. Yep, and if... Feel free to tell me as well, Brian, because yeah, it's fun. It's a fun uh, snack 
uh, type of thing. Um, Jay Bushy says, do we see Nyquist before the playoffs? According to, yep, according to the Wild and all that, they're, they're probably expecting that, maybe at least the Nashville game. So it's going to be cool to see Gustav Nyquist and uh, Kirill Kaprizov back, and we get to see who, unfortunately, is out. Right now you have Steele, Hartman, and Zuccarello on the top line, and they haven't done all that much. Hartman's been the best player out of that group. Eck, Johansson, and Boldy has been a phenomenal line. Absolutely. I mean, just keep them together as long as you can, I hope. Goudreau, Foligno, uh, Oscar Sundqvist, great passer in Sundqvist. Uh, Goudreau's been wonderful and all that. Sundqvist's been a little bit all over the place. Uh, he's been quieter, but he's still a valuable guy. Foligno's had a very disappointing season. And the fourth line's awesome. Like, I don't even touch it. Uh, Dewar, Duhame, and Ryan Reeves. It could have been Shaw for this or this guy for that because Duhame missed so much damn time this year. So... Uh, most likely the odd man out is Steele. This is going to be tough, isn't it? Because that's two guys coming back, huh? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Marcus Foligno. No, I'm kidding. You know, this is not going to be that easy, is it? But uh, obviously guys get banged up as well. I don't want to. I don't want it to be Duhame, and it just probably cannot be Reeves. He's like he is a playoff guy. So it's between Duhame and Sunquist, isn't it? Crap. Crap, I want Sunquist out there, but I want Deheim out there too. So maybe it is Deheim. Man. Well, like they say, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, because Steel, that's kind of the obvious one, the top line. You just move Zik yeah, you just steal Zuccarillo and Kaprizov. Or, excuse me, it's Kaprizov with uh, Hartman and Zuccarello instead of Steel. That's an easy one. But after that, yes, yeah, uh, Nyquist. Nyquist versus Sunquist or Deheim, I guess. And then Shaw, of course, uh, unfortunately. He's out for a long time. Um, interesting question. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, a, it's obviously a good question, and I do believe he will play for the Minnesota Wild before the playoffs, him being uh, Gustav Nyquist. So um, that's my belief. But, um, yeah, as for the line, though, man, that's going to be tough. Uh, obviously, because that's, that's the other, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of like the string attached to the question is, well, where's he going to play? Yeah, that's that's tough. That is really tough. Uh, the second line, you can't f screw with that. So Sunquist is probably or Gu Nyquist is probably going to wind up on the third line, I think, early on, and then see how it goes. Um, that's really interesting. <laughs> that's fascinating because you you can't change the the second line. You cannot. Boldy's been a phenomenal, uh, unless you think Johansson's not been that not been as good. Um, but anyhow. Here we go. Uh, good question, though, Jay, and congratulations to your nephew. Continue that career. Love it. Derek Felska, the Derek Felska lightning round, hath returneth dead. Maybe I'm like Wade Duck. <laughs> I don't know. I had a Wade Duck thing. He, he does that a lot, that hath, but that's Garfield and Friends way back in the day. Eric Velsga says, what Easter egg, to use movie-slash-gaming jargon, will be the Wild to dis uh, will the wild discover in the playoffs? What player will turn out to be a surprise? Yep, so an Easter egg. Yep, uh, surprise in a good way, and perhaps a clutch performer. In the past, it really was Drew Larkson Eck, and, uh, and he, he was definitely an Easter egg in the early days of uh, Drew Larkson Eck being in the postseason. Obviously, he's not an Easter egg now. These are great questions. Um, so an Easter egg on this current roster. It's, oh my god, I'm hitting all the wrong buttons here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I, man, why did I do that to myself? So, um, it's, 
it's definitely not Boldy anymore. He's he's uh, up front. It, it would have been him, considering what he was. Possibly somebody like Hunter DeWer. I, that's the name that's floating in front of my eyes right now. Uh, like not literally. It's you know like my you know, it's like words flashing on the on the the screen of my eyelids, so to speak. Connor DeWer. Connor DeWer. I, I I have this feeling about him. Um, there's as long as they don't sit him down, and I think that would be foolhardy to do so. I think Connor DeWer. That's that. He's that Eric Halla, you know, Jewel Eriksson-Eck type that's going to emerge. Like how Eric Halla was that kind of guy. Drew Eriksson-Eck was that kind of guy years later. I think Connor DeWer is the one that's going to be the Easter egg in the postseason. He's going to surprise some people and we're going to be like, oh my God, wow. He's going to score some big goals and make some big plays, like short-handed possibly, to help this team uh, win some playoff games and maybe playoff series, God willing. That would be wonderful. Uh, Connor DeWer is where I'm leaning towards. I might want yeah, a couple of these questions I might want to return your way in a, because it's fun. It's a cool conversation. I'd like to hear your uh, point of view on that. Obviously not to like, oh, I'm not going to, th- just to throw shade on you. That's definitely not my, uh, <laughs> that's definitely not my reasoning if I throw a similar question back at you. It's because I'm curious. It's a conversation thing. Like say we're on the air together, you know, in a sense. Ty Sandstrom replies and says, yeah, I like this question. Even though it isn't posed for me, I'll offer that Minnesota Wild Easter egg will be Freddie and or Gustav. Like uh, Nyquist? Yeah, you could be right. Uh, Freddie Goodrow has been insanely clutch. Um, I love what he's done. To me, it's almost he's almost less of an Easter egg now in terms of, you know, we've seen him be a hero before. Where Connor DeWer, obviously he's had moments, but he's even less, you know, out front, so to speak. And I know there's, you know, <laughs> you can't be like, oh, we have nine players who are established, you know, like on the, uh, out of the 12. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Kind of, sort of. But uh, something about Connor DeWare tells me that. Here we go. Uh, yep, because so Derek had posted a picture, I believe it was a day or two ago, about another haul he just said, like another stash of video games because he likes to collect retro games. Lately, you know, see, I, I used to collect, but now it's more of just I, I've kept the ones that I collected. I don't sell them off. I tend to keep everything I collect, but I've slowed down lately because I'm just broke. Uh, and obviously, like, downloading and HDMI and all that cool stuff, so there's that. Um, Derek Svelska, again, let's get to what he has to say. You said Final Fantasy 3, that would be 6 in Japan, but, you know, that's its original real name. Final Fantasy 3 for the SNES was on the Mount Rushmore of video games. Yes, it is, in my opinion. Yes, video game flashbacks Mount Rushmore for video games, Final Fantasy's on it. Final Fantasy uh, VI is on it. Um, what would be your Minnesota Wild Mount Rushmore of players slash coaches? Well, two people that are going to be there right away are Jacques Lemaire and Kirill Kaprizov. They are absolutely on it. I'm probably looking at the, the next guy right now. He's either the third or fourth, but he's on it. Jared Spurgeon. Um, uh, he was looking right up. He's right on the screen because uh, we got the, the Wild and Golden Knights uh, recent game here on Monday flashing in front of me. I've not let it distract me too much because I haven't, you know, I've been concentrating on the show, much more show, just look, look up on occasion. But I think those three are on there for sure. People are going to be like, where's Koivu? Where's this? Where's that? Yeah. Me and Derek have uh, different opinions than a lot of Minnesota Wild fans. Meaning me and Derek agree. Let's just put it that way. We have a different opinion than the average Wild fan when it comes to Miko Koivu. Um, I think he earned his stripes, so to speak. I think he did this. I think he did that. I don't hate him, but t- 
to me, there was always something missing. I, I don't know. There was always something missing with him. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that maybe on a, on a separate show someday. Because I, I, <laughs> this is kind of, you know, so people are not going to be happy if I don't put him on there. But it's like, I don't know. He, he might be there as the fourth guy. But, I mean, uh, Spurgeon, I think, is a, a, a... I just think... I don't know. Like, Spurgeon, the way he's he's survived, the way he's uh, hung on as long as he have, has. And, and what a wonderful defense when he's been. And, I don't know, I think he's better with the media. That's kind of a little hint of what I'm talking about here. That's just part of it. But I think he's a lot better with the media. Um, after him... You know, if Gabrick was here longer, he'd be a shoo-in. It's like, duh, Gabrick. Like, of course. I think I think it's Jonas Brodine. Because you notice I left out two very prominent names. Because, well, yeah, they were good. But did they live up to, did they really live up to what they were supposed to be? And you learn so much about them in the later stages of them being here and ultimately after they left as well from former teammates that played on them, that played with them in Nashville and such. <clears throat> not, not uh, well, a certain defensive name, Ryan Studer. Parisi got hurt so damn much as well, which is frustrating. Um, and I know Brodine gets hurt a lot as well. But, so I think it's Jacques Lemaire, Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov is Washington, Lemaire is like the next one. And then um, I think it's like, uh, you know, Spurgeon and Brodine. That's what I'm leaning towards. So, I, I'd like to hear yours on that one as well. I would on your show. I should probably re- return the question in a lot of ways because, um, yep, at Crease Podcast. So those are uh, awesome questions. Just those two alone right there. Incredible. Uh, that was fun. It makes you think. It makes you... Because making me think is a good thing on this show. It's fun. I, it's not like, oh, thanks, Derek. Jeez, now I have to think. Jeez. No, no, thank you. Yes, thank you in a positive way. It's fun. It's fun, rather than just, um, you know, who's the best player in wild history? Kirill Kaprizov. Okay, next question. You know. <laughs> Derek Felska, here we go. The lightning round continues. Are the Minnesota Wild capable of winning in the first round of the playoffs without Kirill Kaprizov? I think they are. I think they are, because look how they've st- stepped up. Now, again, it depends on the opponent. It, it does depend on the opponent, but I think so. I, it won't be easy. It'll probably be six or seven games, but I think they are. Would I much rather have Kirill Kaprizov held to the yes? I think, uh, God, that is really tough. See, it made me think again. It is tough, but I think so. And again, it depends on the uh, the team, but the way these guys have stepped up outside of the freaking Vegas games, which are very, very disappointing, but they just owned us this year for whatever reason. The worm turned. Remember when Vegas went to the cup final and we just owned them for like two years during that time when they were really, 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 really good? And they were the little team that could. They were never little, but you get the idea. They were the new team that could. The new kid on the block, so to speak, that was kicking everybody's ass, except uh, Washington, unfortunately. Um, um, so the worm uh, ultimately turned. That's how that works. But I think the Wild can win a playoff series, yes. It would be hard, but they can. Particularly against a Winnipeg, absolutely. Uh, Seattle, yes. Um, Dallas, maybe. Colorado, uh, I hope. <laughs> you, know, you see where I'm heading towards? So it's kind of like that. It kind of depends on the opponent, but yeah. Um, Jennifer Adams simply says, no. So, all right, all right. <laughs> 
Somebody liked it. Was that, uh, oops, was that Derek? So, I don't know. I can't see. Uh, we'll continue. Derek says, will the Nashville Predators make the playoffs this year? If so, how dangerous of an opponent will they be for whoever faces them in the first round? I think they're dangerous. I think they're very dangerous, and I wouldn't want to play them in the first round simply because of our recent history with them. It's been ugly, I'd have to say. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, this would have been like years ago, the hindsight thing. Me and Derek kind of were having kind of conversations off the mic, so to speak, during the week, you know, on the you know Twitter, DM, and all that. Um, what were we saying? It was about Kopitar. Kopitar. Um, yeah, so like back in, uh, what, what draft is that? That was right after the lockout, right? So it would have been the 05, summer of 05. Um, yeah, no, what would have been, it would like... What if the Wild chose Anze Kopitar rather than Ben Wapulia? It would have been history-changing for the Minnesota Wild because look what Kopitar has done with the Kings for so long. Like, literally, the, the you know, he's, he's a star. He's a phenomenal top-line center and all that. He's not Crosby. He's not Connor McDavid, but he's been an awesome player for so long, and they won multiple cups there for a reason. Uh, it was either him or Carey Price, and obviously Benoit flipping Puglia because the Wild, you know, they, we moved way up in the draft with that lottery when they first got that going. <clears throat> I'm like, oh my God, the fourth pick in the draft. Wow. Carey Price or Kopitar? Yeah. I would want Kopitar, yes. Like, Price? Price for a while there was a like the definition of a star goalie. But he just gotten so oft injured. And then, I don't know, eventually he just wasn't good anymore. Where Kopitar stayed good forever. Um, I was saying, again, Kopitar would have been the best choice. Derek, it says, I agree. I, he would have pushed Koivu to the second line center. Not sure if Kop, uh, Kopitar would be enough to carry us to a Stanley Cup, but he would have made us a lot better for sure. Yeah, yep. It, it would have been great. And it kind of depends, again, how, who would have been around him. Unfortunately, there would have been a dry period. But, well, man, I don't know. It's just too bad how things kind of turned out in so many ways. Again, the missing on Kopitar and then signing, um, <coughs> pardon me, and then, like, turning out that, uh, turning out that Suter and Parisi just weren't, uh, you know, they, they, in a lot of ways, they really weren't as advertised, were they? Like, it, it's okay to say that, isn't it? I, Bill Guerin would not have bought out Parisi and Suter if they were as advertised. Uh, you know, barring, like, major injuries or something. He would not have done it. Um, they just weren't. Were, were they great leaders for this team? I don't think so. <clears throat> Matt Duchesne has had a good year. So I'm going to look at Nashville now, since anyway, they're the final opponent of the regular season. Roman Josie, franchise defenseman, Matt Duchesne, 56 points, blah, blah, blah. Uh, their goaltending, Saros, has been solid. And uh, Lankin and former Blackhawk. I'm about to cough to death here. Thank God for the pause button. Oh, anyhow, Lankin and former Blackhawk, 2.67 goals against average. Only one showed on the year for Nashville, and that was Jossie. Both goalies are good. Very, very, very good. Philip Forsberg has been a thorn in the side for Minnesota forever. Mikhail Granlund. 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 Yep. Um, definitely a big drop-off from last year's great season. Matthias Ekholm. Did he get traded? I thought he did. Yeah, he's a few years ago. No, yep. Edmonton. That's right. Yep. He's a big reason why Edmonton's playing better, I got to say. He's not a star, but he's certainly more productive with Edmonton than Nashville. Uh, years ago, Ekholm, that 44-point season. Whew, I remember having him on the fantasy team. He helped me win it all that year, 2019. 
that cold, cold spring day in 2019. I'm like, wow, I'm actually going to win the championship. I was out walking around. Or was it I was going to get to the final? It was one of the two. But uh, yeah, Eckholm was a huge piece to that team making the playoff run the way we did. It was fun. Um, off topic, and I apologize. But yeah, I, I think Nashville's definitely a threat. They certainly have been for Minnesota during the course of the season. Oh, the season's tied. So we did win 4-3 to three on Feb 19. Okay, yeah, that was a fun game, actually. Not quite as bad as like last year or so. Nashville just owned us for like a year and a half. Um, Gustafson stopped uh, 26, no, 23 shots. It wasn't that great of a game. A Kaprizov multi-goal game. Well, <laughs> we need Kaprizov to beat Nashville, apparently. At least in that particular game. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yep. I think they're a threat, yes. I think they're a threat. Um, I don't think they're going to win a series or anything, but I do think they could they could be dangerous. I think they could they could pull off an upset. It's possible. They certainly have uh, talent up and down the roster and familiar names and good goaltending, great defensemen, and you all see, and uh, Ekholm's on Edmonton. So, yep, um, I do think they're a threat. Yes, are, are they going to be a huge threat? Probably not, but they will be dangerous. They'll be dangerous. They could take somebody to six or seven games, I think, in the first round. I think it's quite possible. I don't see them getting, like, you know, ousted. They, they might get beaten five games, and maybe it'd be a very competitive five. Um, but six or seven, I think, is more likely. So, yeah, I do think they'll be dangerous. Long story longer. Um, that's the end of the fan interaction, I believe. I'm going to dig in the notifications for the heck of it real quick. Freddy, it's Freddy. Good stuff is the choice. What is this, the Easter egg one? Easter egg, okay. So, uh, Morty responds with agree, Freddy is Freddy. Gustav is a good choice. Secondary scoring needs to step up. Anybody named, not named Kirill or Boldy. And then, uh, number two, Felino. Number three, Eck. Number four, Hartman. Number five, Zuccarello. Uh, bad goals from unexpected sources. Reeves, Dewey's, Sundquist. Yeah, so Dewey's what I'm thinking about. He's the Easter egg for a reason. Because he's definitely not expected to be this, uh, you know, he's not expected to score four goals in a series. But you just never know. You just never know. I think Connor DeWer, something, I, I think we're going to hear his name in the playoffs this year. Got a feeling, but we'll see. Hopefully he's not the only guy scoring. You never know. With that said, I'm going to give some shout-outs and wrap this up. Uh, of course, again, huge shout-out to Crease and Assist. Crease and Assist podcast. Derek Felska, Kalisha Townsell. Um, Teresa... Uh, Teresa Furies, um, they're just so good. Like, their hockey knowledge is incredible, and I'm not just saying it. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, highly recommended. Hashtag Crease Podcast for that. And like just like this one, hashtag uh, Brave the Wild. I don't know if they did a poll this week. Maybe just busy. Maybe tied up with something. If he did, I, I missed it, and I'm sorry. Yep, last week's was the Seattle Kraken, like the easiest opponent for the Wild in the playoffs. Um... Yep. So, yep, looks like they didn't do one this week, and that's okay. You're just busy doing something else, or you forgot, or or just maybe you're going to do it later, and it's that's how it goes. I understand. Um, otherwise, huge shout-out there. Of course, MNW Prospects, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, um, Brandon Quas, just amazing guys. Love that. Love hockey. Love to keep up with prospects. Love to believe there's a, a great future, even though the future looks positive right now with Kaprizov, Boldy, guys like that. But it's so much fun to keep up with prospects. And, you know, MNW Prospects, MNW Young Guns on Twitter and all that, but it's prospects, but called Young Guns. You get the idea there. Yeah, look them up and follow and keep up. It is just so much fun. 
you know, talk about Jesper Volstad, guys like, you know, obviously Carson Lambos, you know, Kyle Masters, you know, the, uh, who's the other guy that's been so good? Uh, Bankier. Oh, my God. He is, he has been a revelation. <laughs> uh, Ugrin, you know, huge playoff, uh, you know, huge numbers in the postseason at such a young age. Extremely exciting. Uh, Yurov's got a little more developing to do, unfortunately, but uh, Ogren's, uh, Ogren's a little ahead of the curve, I think. Obviously, KHL's a little tougher than where Ogren's playing, but still, it is what it is. But uh, highly recommend those guys. Uh, keep up with that. Um, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish. Great, great uh, Minnesota Wild page. Interacting game by game by game by game by game and wild news and all that. Um, like I said, uh, Scott Cavendish, uh, Chad Walski, Kathy Main, David Abraham, Michael Fick, Chance, David Kostick. Yep, great, great, great page. And of course, uh, Patrick Turner coming in out of Florida. Huge Wild fan. Again, coming in out of Florida and a great guy. Uh, huge recommend there. Minnesota Wild Nation. Minnesota Wild Nation. With that said, wishing all of you a nice week as we head to the, towards the end of the regular season. The Wild are in the playoffs no matter what. But then now, where will we be? Ooh, it's going to be quite the showdown coming up this week. And the Wild have a golden opportunity to finish in first thanks to a decent schedule here. 